Hi everyone, this is Amanda Rucker, and you're listening to Cirrhosis, my podcast where I interview badass women who have advice to give. Welcome to episode four. This is so exciting. It's been two solid months of me actually hitting publish and getting things out the door. This has been such a fun experiment for me. I have really, really enjoyed having something else to do other than come home and like consume other people's things like TV or books or music or blogs or whatever. I mean, sometimes that stuff's just fun to partake in, but I've been really enjoying creating something. This has been a fun experiment. I have been loving talking to new people, um, constantly thinking about who could be next, who could I talk to, how can I make this show super relevant for what's going on right now, and it's just really changed the way I've been thinking a lot, so, so far, it's been achieving everything I wanted to achieve. Um, you know, I, a coworker of mine quit over the summer, and her and I were talking about her new goals because she was completely changing her life trajectory and her career. And she told me that her new career just kind of started with a blog that she started. And everything kind of fell into place from her just taking a different approach to her day to day. And she looked at me and she said, hey, I think that's going to happen with you and your podcast. You're going to be putting things out there, and it's going to change things. And she's kind of right. Um, After kind of putting this podcast together, I started applying for different things around Omaha, around the country, just putting myself out there a little bit more. And I recently found out that I have been accepted as a speaker for South by Southwest EDU. I am so stoked to be going back down to Austin, I'm visiting some friends down there. This will be my third time visiting the city. And I'm so excited to be part of this conference. It's definitely a career highlight for me. I'm going to be talking about ways that higher education can close the gender gap in tech. I do a lot of work around this in my 9-to-5 job or 8-to-5, whatever. Um, and I don't, I'm just so stoked to be going. Um, uh, I also applied to be a speaker at Omaha's chapter of Creative Mornings, all around the topic of restart. And I also was accepted to that. So on November 9th, I'm going to be sharing a very short Um, presentation around my views on restarting and what that will look like. So if you're in Omaha, I hope to see you at Koneko on November 9th. I believe it starts at 8 a.m., which is super honest, very early for me. So if I look a little puffy, just, you know, ignore it. Just give me a hug and tell me I did really well. Whatever. (laughs) So um, all that to say, if you are sitting around on an idea and just thinking about starting to put stuff out into the world, just do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. There's so many flaws in this podcast when I listen back to it, but I'm still pushing go because it's not imperative that this thing is 
perfect and all the sound quality is top-notch because it's just a girl and a microphone recording interesting stuff. So I hope you can use my little aha moments over these last two months to inspire your own kind of change. My next guest is Adriana Cisneros. Adriana is a native of Guadalajara, Mexico, and her and I actually met in college. We worked together at our university's writing center, just wielding all sorts of judgments on um, poor students that came in looking for advice on how to make their essays stronger. So I have a lot of fond memories of Adriana from college, and her and I actually stayed in touch because of Facebook. So I think I hate a lot on social media on this podcast, but this is a time where I'm just going to give props to Facebook and thank you for keeping me in touch with such a lovely human being. So Adriana and I have a really super inspiring talk about um, work-life balance and what that means for each individual. I was really, um, I guess, inspired by her approach to um, her job and how she wants to balance her personal life with what does success feel like for you at the end of the day? What are you looking for? How do you want to feel? What do you want that balance to look like? I think a lot of people can draw inspiration from Adriana. Even if you work for yourself, you work for a startup, we do a lot of talking Um, from the stance of kind of working for larger organizations where there might be more rigid lines in the rules that you can do with this. But I really, oh man, I keep wanting to say inspire and I am trying to find a different word, but it's hard. Um, I encourage, um, you know, my friends and um, family who might own their own business or um, work for smaller businesses to Keep on listening whenever we say big companies because what she has to say is really applicable across the board. So I hope you enjoy my fourth episode with Adriana. All right, well, thank you for chatting with me. Thanks for coming over here on such an early Saturday morning. No, thank you for having me. Yeah, this would be great. So um, we were going to talk a little bit about work-life balance, which... Mm -hmm. I know I can either feel totally on top of work-life balance or, like, it's completely lines are all blurred and I have no boundaries. So, like, how do you approach work-life balance? Maybe how do you define it? I don't... Yeah, I think that where you're starting, Amanda, the fact that is a definition, right? And I, I really think that is unique to each person, what that means. Because for some people, it's like, well, I like to be able to blur the lines. I like to be able to you know, I'll do a little bit of work at night, but then in the morning I'll wake up a little bit later and then maybe go for a run before work or... Yeah. And for yeah. other people, it's like, no, work-life balance to me means that I can go and work from eight to five and then I don't think about work at mm-hmm. all when I'm gone. Um, so I think how I like to define it is the ability to manage your personal life and your work life and work responsibilities okay. to your particular needs. I love that, like, because there's not a hard definition. It's just, like, whatever is, like, the best opportunity for you. And I know for me, like, it can be fluid, too. Like, right now I'm really loving that I leave at 5, I don't bring my laptop home, I'm Mm -hmm. totally checked out, but sometimes it is 
I need to leave at 2.30 and I might not come back today, but I'll make sure I put in extra hours later or tomorrow or whatever. And that's important too. Yeah. So. No, I, I totally agree with you. How do you kind of communicate your needs about that to wherever you work? I think if you work for yourself, it's obviously, mm-hmm. it's just you, but we both work for larger corporations and that's, how do you bring your job with you with that? Yeah, no, <laughs> I think that's so tough because you're, you're totally right. When you are talking about just if you are your own boss or if you, um, or even if you work for a smaller company for a startup, I think maybe the lines of communication is like a smaller circle so mm-hmm. you can like figure it out, especially smaller companies when they grow together, they tend to have more of that flexibility built into them. When it comes to working for a bigger company, I think there it really depends on the culture. And then you find that there's like little subcultures too, depending yeah. on the area. Yeah. Um, of the business that you work on. Um, I think there's different ways to go about it on how to talk about it, depending on where uh, or how the culture of your company looks. I mean, I think certainly the first step is to talk about it with your manager. Um, And what I like to advise people, because this is how, how I approach it for me, is to think about what is it specifically that you're trying to solve for? Like, what do you think you're, what do you think you're missing? Mm -hmm. Um, Like if, if you were able to say, like, I found success, like, in managing my work and personal life, how would that look? So then, as you go about testing um, different ways to try to, you know, quote-unquote balance, um, you can see if you actually achieved it. Mm-hmm. So I guess very similar to other things in, in business or personal goals, like, okay, first to find, like, what is your goal? Like, what is your, your measure of success? Yeah. Um, to then be able to test if you arrive to that I have actually never thought of it that way to figure out what your goal is like how how do you want to feel at the end of the day and then structure your days around that feeling Mm -hmm. I never thought of it that way (laughs) yeah you know well and I don't know I'm not necessarily saying that that's the right way but that's Mm -hmm. how I like to think about it because then that forces me like the times where I'm feeling like frustrated yeah like I'm like okay why am I frustrated like I'm like like, I have this flexibility and I did things this other way, but how come I'm still frustrated? Mm-hmm. So I'll give you, like, a very real example. I um, I actually try to compress my work schedule so that I work four days uh, instead of five. Okay, okay. So four tens. And part of doing that means that the days that I'm at the office, I go for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. So for, I have, I have three kids, as you know, and so for the older two... I tried to schedule all of their activities on those days to happen right after school. Mm. So by the time I get home, like I get to actually spend time with them and it's not just like driving them somewhere for their activities. Yeah. But they're getting older. Mm-hmm. And so as they're getting older, their activities are moving to later in the night. And so just last week, no, this week, this week, I was super, super mad. Like I was just so crabby and just crabby at the kids and like, just eat your food and just like Mm -hmm. not being the best mom that I could be. And then once I was going to bed, I was like, why am I like so frustrated? And I realized that is that I was like, it turns out that the way that I've been managing my work and personal life, it worked really well. But right now we experience a change. And so it's not meeting my goal, which my goal is to be able to spend time with my family. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and be involved with them. And that's being cut out of my life yeah. with their activities. So that's why I'm angry. <laughs> that makes sense, though, because school just started. So yes. you guys are, like, working through that difference. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I That makes sense. Um, okay, so this is something I really believe strongly. And I think a lot of workplaces have a hard time, like, coming along on this path. But um, I really don't believe that, like, butts and seats means work's getting done. So, like, when I am at my office or I'm working from home or whatever, I want to make sure that I am putting out quality work. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, like, I need to obviously take a break. Um, Like, how do you – where are you on that spectrum? Maybe how do you work with that in your own office? It sounds like – I mean, you when you said, like, oh, I have to do four 10-hour days, I kind of was like, oh, man, I would hate that. I would not want to work a 10-hour day. I just know my own productivity would totally tank out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thankfully work in a really fluid office where my manager is just like, make sure you're killing it and, like, be here, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm not going to manage your time and make sure you're leaving right at 5. And sometimes I stay till 7. Sometimes I leave at 3. It just kind of matters what I'm getting done. What you're getting done. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, and I should I should clarify. I say four tens because that's the more formal aspect of it. So I know that I, there's um, people I need to interact with, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I need to be able to meet and like have certain meetings okay. like that. But it looks it's a combo of things. It's the four tens is the more like formalized aspect of it. And then there's all this other component of flexibility like you're talking about. Like mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's four tens, but uh Tuesday, I'm going to have to leave at four because I have an appointment all the way out west and I'm downtown and yeah. things like that. So those two come into play. And it also <laughs> means um, that sometimes it blends into other parts of my life. So mm-hmm. that, you know, in my little scenario where it was working well, once we would have dinner and the kids like had a bath and go to bed, it would also mean me maybe jumping back on my computer and finish, oh, yeah. finishing some stuff up that maybe mm-hmm. I didn't get to do. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that component is there too. Um, but wait a minute, what were we talking about? What was the question? Oh, just <laughs> no, like, I no, it's <laughs> good. No, I just like, um, I think a lot of people, it just depends, I think, on your work environment. Like if mm-hmm. you're at the mm-hmm. office doing, like being yes, visible yes, yes. for other people. Oh, yes, no, yeah. yes, yes. Now I remember what you're saying. I agree. I think, um, I think that's where you have to challenge what it means to be visible, mm-hmm. right? Uh, well, two parts. So the first part is like what you're talking about, like you're doing quality work and everything. So if you are able to, as objectively as possible, define, just like we were talking about the measure of success for balance in your life, yeah. okay, what is it that I'm supposed to do in my job? Like what are those like as objectively as possible goals? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have those defined with your manager, that's what you should be referring to. like. Am I doing my job or am I not doing my job? Mm-hmm. Am I meeting, you know, my objectives, getting to my goals? So yeah. that one is the first one. But the second is the challenge in the aspect around um, visibility. Yeah. Because we live in in a time, and it's probably only going to get more so like that, where we can leverage technology. Mm-hmm. So people do know that you're there if you are on your computer and you're shooting back and forth emails or even on your phone. Or if you um, are leveraging, you know, like instant messaging, yeah. uh, all those things, I think if we can challenge ourselves to think about that as also being visible mm-hmm. uh, and kind of this uh, concept of, um, what, what the, what's the term for it? I can't remember, but it, the idea of uh, digital presence. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. 
so I think it's called digital, maybe. Oh, yeah. So the idea <laughs> that physical and digital presence uh-huh. is equivalent. Um, yeah, I that speaks to me so much. I have a really good friend. Um, actually, she's going to be on the podcast, but she has some, um, some physical uh, illnesses and stuff that's going on in her life that it just takes a lot out of her to get to work. Being physically in her office, sitting at her desk, doing all these things is like, it just takes out all of her, you know, spoon theory. It takes all of her spoon. She has nothing left by the time Mm -hmm. she gets to her office. But she works in a culture that she has to have her door open. She can't even shut her door because people want to walk by and be able to see her sitting there. And I am like, it's just kind of conflicting right now for her because she's like, how can I change that culture to prove that like I am killing it even though my butt might not be in that seat that you're walking by. But I think it's like that kind of culture shift. I I don't know how you do it from the inside out as like a a distant employee and not like top down. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree. It's so much more challenging as as it is with many things, right? When you have leadership the ones that are like very vested in the concept and they're the ones that are modeling it mm-hmm. it's a lot easier for others to be able to take advantage of it yeah. versus grassroots um but at the same time you you shouldn't totally wait for that mm-hmm. um i think um there's many people that are you know for a variety of reasons um want to be able to flex and to manage their life in different ways so the way that i went about it i and by the way, I've had some sort of like flexible work arrangement. Um, gosh, going now on eight years, maybe nine. Okay. So for a long time. And it's ebbed and flow. It's looked different throughout the years. Um, it's gone across managers. Mm, mm-hmm. um, but how I initially uh, suggested it, it was in an area that was not using anything like that. Uh, but I had a new baby. Mm. And I really wanted to spend more time with my baby and at the same time I, I have one unique feature in the scheme too is the fact that I'm the only one in our family in at least close to my kids that speak Spanish oh yeah so to me that was very important I'm like I'm the only source of Spanish for my baby mm-hmm. um, so how can I be closer to her and have that so there is ways now it takes yourself putting you know a little bit yourself out there and asking how I approach it what's the best so mm-hmm. I had, you know, once again, I had very clear what is that I was trying to accomplish. I was, I was, I was time with, I want time with my new baby, and so she can hear Spanish. So that was my goal. So as much as I can get of that, and then um, I approached it as a test, and I said, could we pilot this? Oh, okay. And see if it works. Mm-hmm. And this is how we'll know that I, these are my goals for work, and this is, and let's try it maybe for two months. And in two months, we can talk again and see how it's working. Mm-hmm. And if you think that it's that I'm not doing my work, like I'm not meeting expectations, or maybe I learned that this was a terrible yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> this is not working how I thought it was going to work. Then we can modify and flex it. Mm-hmm. So I think that would, that would be the, the approach that I would use. It's just always testing and just being very open to the fact that it, on both sides, mm-hmm. that it might not work the way that you thought it would. Yeah, but I think that's important. Like you are putting in the work to make sure that this structure will will be beneficial for everybody involved. It can't just be a like a wing it and see how it goes. Oh, yeah. And one of the things Amanda that was really hard to that I really had to think through is because that area did not have anything like it. 
um, I was worried about my teammates. Oh, yeah. And not just my manager. Like, I was worried... Because my manager, at least in theory, was going to be able to see my work and be able to be like, yes, still doing it. Mm-hmm. It was more about my teammates and how they were going to perceive it. Mm-hmm. And they were going to be like, oh, well, again, it's getting preferential treatment. Or oh, I yeah. wish I had it. So, to which my response now, you know, over the years, now that I've become more comfortable with it, is always like, well, if they want it, they should ask too. Yeah. Like, yeah, fight for what you want. Yeah, That's a really good I'll point. I'll help you if you want it. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you how I make it happen and what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Rather than this, uh, I don't know, crabs in a bucket mentality of mm-hmm. like, no, come back to the bucket. Like, no one gets out of the bucket. Yeah. On FaceTime with my manager. Uh-huh. Just uh-huh. like we'd also have that, like, well, FaceTime. Like, so we could yeah. see each other. <laughs> or texting and anyway. Well, and just exposing yourself to different avenues like in a different country like very minor relation but um I recently went to India with work um and I was like a chaperone for a student Uh trip and I didn't expect this but um it really opened my eyes to like what needs do our students have over in India when we're like maybe talking to them about coming to our university um, how are they talked to? What kind of messages are they used to be? Are are they used to seeing? Mm-hmm. And a lot of things that I had just automatically written off because it wasn't how Americans are talked to. I saw over there, and it made me change how I now operate in my job because I was able to see a different way and see how it's speaking to them and not just. Yeah. So I think like that's such an excellent point when you talk about like challenging your own workplace with globalization when that yeah. could be an important goal or you know we do we do a lot of things with like diversity at my university and like mm-hmm. making sure all the voices at the table are being heard and um mm-hmm. all that and i think that would probably bring a really unique perspective interesting yes yes <laughs> from from tiny little things to bigger ones right yeah like yeah. how is this app working when i am in a different country can i you know like can I cash my check or whatever you're doing? Like, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you think that you talked about, like, assessing the risks of you, like, proposing these pilot programs? What did you perceive as the biggest risk? The one that I perceived as the biggest was people assuming that I'm not getting my work done. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, maybe I'm able to, for my manager to see them doing it mm-hmm. uh, but what's going to be the perception of others is it going to be like well like like I was very like mindful of like not missing like deadlines and not mm-hmm. sleeping on something and being available like maybe extra available more so than I would have had I been you know at yeah. my desk yeah um, because I never wanted to be perceived as not teammate I guess mm-hmm. that was the biggest risk uh, but really some of the other risks that I I did think about was like what if I can't get my work done? Like, that's a real possibility. What if I am, like, totally distracted? Oh, yeah. And I just, like, I'm like, oh, look at the laundry, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, like, is that going to eat it up? And then I'm not not going to be successful. Um, so those were the the, the major ones. The, the third one, I would say, goes in alignment with the first two. Am I going to be passed up for opportunities later? Oh, yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Is this going to... Um, you know, our other is going to think like, ah, oh, well, she's not that committed to her work. Mm. So I don't know if she would be, a, you know, someone that we would yeah, want to hire for something else. Or um, these, I didn't, these I didn't perceive it, but I will say it is a risk 
that later, um, I think, well, I'll relate it back to that in a second, but it's a risk that once you find that, like a really good setup for yourself, if it mm-hmm. involves some sort of flexible option, then you're really worried about going to anything else. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, but I'm going to lose that. Mm-hmm. Like I might not be able to have that elsewhere. So I like to call it the reverse of uh, the grass is always greener. Mm-hmm. Now you're worried that the grass is not going to be greener. Yeah. Or as green or you're like, well, you know, like I don't like this and this and this about my job or maybe I'm not as challenged anymore or I'm ready for something different. Mm-hmm. But because you have that, yeah, then you're like, oh, but I really don't want to give up that. So I guess I'll stay here. Yeah, that whole like devil I know is better than the devil mm-hmm. I don't thing. But in like a slightly more positive way. Like, yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So that I didn't perceive it from the get go, but now in hindsight, I can, I can see. Yeah. Yeah. How, um, like for me, when I hear that, and I think I could really relate to what you just said, um, I think wouldn't, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. (laughs) That's okay. Let's find out. I (laughs) I guess like I'm perceiving like, I mean, the lack of motivation for applying for other things because you've got it, like, it's so good. But, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure people, like, I know people around me currently would probably be like, you constantly are complaining about things. Like, you don't have it so good. And so, but I do. I don't. It's a mixed bag. But um, I, I think, like, not applying for certain things. And then, um, like, I think approaching those conversations with uh, potential managers when you actually do go on an interview and, like, finding out, like, what are the possibilities for the same setup or maybe even a better setup. Mm-hmm. I try to think about the possibilities of what could be amazing and not focus on the negative, but it's, it is hard to do. <laughs> I, I agree with you. It is really hard. Um, yeah, I think, well, and you always sort of run a little bit of a risk, right? If you were applying for a different role, um, especially like if you think about it, if you were going to a different company, like well I can't I mean I suppose I could try to find out a little bit about the culture and, mm-hmm. but like I wouldn't want to come and be like are you I would like to go to Mexico for a month <laughs> how are you so cool with that? <laughs> is that part of that yeah <laughs> part of the job. so um so yeah I don't know you would run a risk on that aspect I don't know I haven't done it yeah so yeah it's not speaking to, to it. yeah it's not speaking to a risk you went through but yeah. did you um I mean, when you're talking about, like, maybe being passed up for other opportunities, I my imagination just immediately went to, like, you know, a lot of women have been passed over for certain things because maybe they're not on the golf course with their boss mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. I mean, a really minor thing, but I remember when I was, like, a waitress and everyone would take smoke breaks, but I didn't smoke. So, like, you don't get a, like, that FaceTime is really important and it's mm-hmm. being a thing. So, did you find that, I mean... Were you aware of anything maybe you got passed over or? I, I think more about it from like what I let myself be passed over, I suppose. More mm-hmm. from the perspective oh, of okay. like, I wouldn't even apply for something, yeah. you know, because you would be like, well, no, because then I'm probably going to have to be here mm-hmm. every day and I'm not going to be able to leave. Yeah. Uh, or that job seems to, so without even maybe even finding out if it was a possibility, I guess. So that's one aspect, one self-imposed aspect. Um, I actually, I can't think of one time there was this job, um, that I was interested in and I did end up getting passed. Um, it was a combo thing, but one of the components for it was that they did one because some, some of the team, um, would be newer. Okay. But they did mm. want someone. 
that could be present Mm -hmm. all the time to manage it. So that is one um, because of that aspect. Yeah. Because of, um, I wanted the flexibility to not be there. And at that time, they wanted someone that would be present. Yeah, and I think that, I can see that. That makes sense. But what you're talking about is more around like the building of relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a little bit separate, but oh, goodness, I, I couldn't agree more. At the end of the day, um, it's because we're human, I suppose. Like you, you think about um, when you're thinking about who would be as a manager, as a hiring manager, mm-hmm. uh, when you're thinking about who could be good for a job, it's going to be the people that comes immediately to mind. And who are going to be the people that come to mind? It's those people that you have had a chance to interact more with. Yeah. So absolutely. If you're someone that works remotely, uh, let's say you work remotely completely, or even someone that is in, at the office at you know 7 a.m. when yeah. the manager loves to have coffee, mm-hmm. and you have three others that that's exactly what they do. They're there at 7 a.m. having their coffee with the manager. Yeah, likelihood is that they're immediately going to... Mm-hmm. Think about the other three, not as much about you. I'm reading uh, Ellen Peo's book, Reset. Mm. Um, do you know Ellen Peo? No, I don't. So Tell she, she um, worked in uh, the startup scene. Uh, she was a VC venture fund. Um, and her... Uh, we're trying to pour coffee. I think you got to like push really hard on that button. <laughs> I'll push really, really hard. Yeah. Um, so her... Um, I might wait. Sorry. <laughs> it's coffee. It's coffee. We need it. It's pretty early on Saturday. Um, okay, so she um, had a landmark case about gender discrimination. Okay. Um, especially, it was kind of like the start of everyone realizing that, like, oh my gosh, tech companies can be horrible. And, like, ah, we're okay, really against something familiar. Yeah, but she lost. It was, like, this really, like, everyone was like, oh my gosh. But they did, like, this... It's an interesting book, but um, she spends a lot talking about, like, you know, being passed over for certain situations because, especially out in Silicon Valley, and I'm mm-hmm. sure that happens even here in Omaha, that, like, women maybe weren't getting invited, nor did they want to go to, like, the strip club with all their, like, dude bosses, and they're mm-hmm. taking, like, you know, the intern who all of a sudden gets promoted, like, way above you because they get all that, like, face-to-face buddy time. And it is, like, you get, you do form relationships um, with certain people because you're getting all that buddy time, but when it can be incredibly unfair because, yeah, you don't want to be there at 7 a.m. because you're getting your kids off to school, mm-hmm. or you don't want to go to a strip club because it's a strip club. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think managing both of those, um, I don't know. I know at my own work, I really, really like my coworkers, but I just tend to be a little bit more removed because... In the past, I've gotten so burned by being besties with my coworkers. So now I'm just like, no, we're coworkers. I'm cool. Thank you. Um, but I do kind of wonder, like, what maybe I'm not getting brought to the table for because of that. Yeah. So uh, speaking of balance, right? Such a hard balance to to have both uh, professional relationships mm-hmm. uh, and personal relationships yeah, uh, and combine them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it works really well, but like you said, there's other times in which it really then, you know, comes head to head and you might be, you know, then losing the personal relationship yeah, or, or the opposite, like something from the personal life gets brought into the professional life that mm-hmm. you really hope that it wouldn't. Ugh. 
So, yeah. Yeah. I guess, like, speaking of, like, your own definition of work-life balance, for me, part of that definition is probably, like, I'm not besties with my coworkers. But maybe that will change again. Like, who knows? <laughs> it could. It could. And maybe it's fine if you're not, right? Um, I happen to be someone that it's... I, I take a long time to build friendships. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm friendly with a lot of people. But, mm-hmm. like, to consider someone my friend, like, it takes me a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um and I have coworkers that they don't want to spend time together outside of work. Like, mm-hmm. They're very clear, like, I already see enough of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we yeah, can be friends like here, good. but, like, outside of work, I don't yeah, really yeah. want to see you. Yeah, I know. I'll, like, we'll grab beers or something, but I stop at, like, one or two because I'm like, I don't need to get drunk with you. It's good. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Actually... I invited my boss to my wedding, and that was it. I didn't invite anyone else. And I invited... He was like a Hail Mary at the end, because my aunt didn't come, and she canceled at the very last minute, and so I was like, hey, you want to come? But I was like, eh, this is like a work-free zone marriage. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, interesting. Um, So... I want to understand that, like, what you do at your current position. Um, like, you do you help build teams there, or? Well, I am involved in a little bit of everything um, because of the nature of my job. So my job is around inclusion and diversity. Okay. So it does end up having an interaction with um, pretty much anything and everything. You know, it has an impact on um, our talent processes, and it has an impact on the type of culture that we want to be, which okay. culture is so, so fussy and unattainable. Yeah. Um, but yes, but uh, I am part of the talent team, the talent management team. And because of that, yes, I tend to be closer to um, how teams look and what's uh, the role of the manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and also with the, 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 the challenges uh, that come with being a manager and having a team yeah. and so on. So when you talk about like boundaries and like work-life balance and all that jazz, um, like I think, you know, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but um, like how do you manage your expectations as a manager mm-hmm. and like what you can bring and like, especially if you're looking for that flexible work-life um, balance stuff, like how are you communicating that with your team? How are you placing your own expectations on yourself? Yes. Lots of big questions. <laughs> yes, no, and you know, up until right now, we've been talking about it from like a personal life, right? Like mm. me, like me getting it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but more like from an individual contributor lens, I suppose. Um, I think it gets so much more complicated when you, sorry about that, when you are the one, if, number one, if you have it and you're managing it uh, and you manage a team, then that's hard because of what you're talking yeah. about. So that's one component. Or the second component that can be hard, which I hear managers talk about, the manager isn't necessarily, um, you know, flexing their schedule or anything like that, but their team wants to. Mm. And how now from the manager standpoint, like how do you manage that in a way? Mm-hmm. So so on the first one, if you are a manager that is um, flexing your schedule, um, I think the challenges that comes with that, the first one is... Um, relates to what you were talking about of being hourly and so on mm-hmm. um, is if their team if the team cannot take advantage of it for any reason 
whether it's because they're hourly or maybe they happen to be like they have to be on the phone and mm-hmm. like they have to be on the phone oh yeah mm-hmm. then you can you can maybe you can like flex like to be able to leave one day early to go to a dentist appointment mm-hmm. but you probably cannot like always flex you have to be creative i guess that's what i'm saying um i think the challenge there is that then your team uh, might be like well yeah you can take advantage of that oh yeah can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and how to address it is like I said to get creative okay so within the constraints that we have on our team what can how can we make it work um, I think the most successful times is when you actually involve the team in it mm-hmm. when you can have a conversation with the team as a whole and say like okay so it seems like we have some needs some personal needs too mm-hmm. uh, how can we as a team figure out a schedule in which we can fit everyone's needs and if everyone's vested in the process of creating that solution, yeah. I think you have a higher chance of people feeling comfortable. And then you just have to remain like very flexible about flexibility and then be okay. Everyone be okay that you might have to revisit it mm-hmm. as you go along. I, you're treating your employees like they're grown up, like grown ups. Like I agree. I've like, I think we've all had those, like, really bad jobs. Um, I remember one of my worst ones was I was doing, like, data entry. And they treated everybody like they were children. And, of course, everyone started, like, acting out. And, like, there's, like, weird drama that happened in this office. And it's because people weren't being treated with, like, grown-up respect. So, mm-hmm. I like, but yeah, involving people in those decisions and not just giving them lip service. that like, your job is so important to us, but actually treating them that way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the one of the questions we like to propose to to managers uh, when they're thinking about their team having some sort of different work arrangement um, as a starting point is why not? That's the question that we put to the right now. Oh before. yeah, um, and is why won't it work? Why not? And so then you then you end up doing all these things of like well because they have to be hooked up to the phone they have to do like you can like write down all your list and then you can find solutions to it mm-hmm. so then you can say well okay if one one of the white knots is like when are because then when are we ever going to be able to meet as a team mm-hmm. then you can say like okay well if we need to meet in person like could we all decide on a day in which we will all be present or or you can challenge yourself to like why can it not be a virtual meeting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things mm-hmm. like that. So if you start from like any other business problem from the standpoint of one, why won't it work? And then you can look for solutions to make it work rather than the opposite of like, this is never going to work. Mm-hmm. So that's, I like that approach. I immediately went to like, I feel like my immediate reaction to a lot of things at work is like defensiveness. But maybe if you just like, approach things from a positive this is why it might not work this is nothing against anybody here this these are just reasons and then like work from there maybe like we find solutions yeah. and then and you might find out that there isn't solution to some of them mm-hmm. you know you might find out like the example that i gave about like would you have to be on the phone uh, but maybe the solution is like oh but you know what if sally came over from like 6 a.m to 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. and John came over from 8 p.m. to 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. or whatever, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., a little backwards, then we have enough coverage. So anyway, the point is like coming from a perspective of finding a solution mm-hmm. rather than from the perspective of like this won't work, 
Yeah. Yeah. And honoring the fact that, like, people are trying to find solutions, yes. too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easier said, said that thought, though. Yes. I know. I was thinking, we have, like, some hardline HR things that happen that have kept some people from finding those kind of solutions, and it's frustrating, because it's like, well, I found it, but here's this line that's saying I can't do that at all, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, you find your own flexibilities within your own ability, I guess, but, okay, um, well, I think that's, we've talked for about an hour, so I think that's about all my questions. Did you Wonderful. have anything you wanted to make sure got in there, or? Gosh, I cannot think of anything that would be, like, crucial yeah no i think you did a great job yeah (laughs) cool all right well thank you no thank you uh wasn't that so good i learned so much during our talk and i actually listened to that episode twice while i was editing it just so i could make sure i was truly listening to everything that she said i loved it all i hope you learned a ton from her as well so i'm going to leave you with a little bit of direction go vote Y'all, I hope you're all registered. If you don't know how, there's lots of um, direction you can take online. Go vote. Don't waste this opportunity. Election Day is actually my birthday. So instead of getting me gifts or even telling me happy birthday on Facebook, just go vote. I don't want to hear from you. Go do your civic duty. And I swear, if this administration ruins one more of my life events and ends up in tears because I'm so terrified about what's going on in the world, like, I'm just going to be mad. So go vote, get registered, do all that, and we'll see you next time.